Hello, and welcome to the Blossomed Homemaker podcast. My name is Ellie, and I'm going to be your host throughout this whole podcast. My goal here is to be a soundboard for you as a homemaker, to give you motivation and encouragement to help you find your true value in your own home as a woman, a wife, and a mother. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful homemakers. Welcome back to the Blossomed Homemaker podcast. And, and I'm so excited because today we have a very special episode for you because we have our very first guest speaker on here, my beautiful friend, Christina Mazurik. You may also know her from her podcast called The Honest Hour, where I also had the privilege to be on a couple of months ago. She shares her passion for women in South Africa rising together and owning their stories on her podcast. She's also a writer, helps women with their brand strategies as a marketing enthusiast, and best of all, she's a beautiful homemaker just like you and me, is a mama, and shares her heart on personal development through through her own story. And ladies, Christina and I connected on social media quite a while ago, and immediately it felt like we had these kindred spirits because we were both on this journey um, to true healing from our childhoods. Um, We became really good friends, and I got the honor of meeting her at the beginning of the year, just before this whole corona pandemic and the crazy town hit. Um, I got to have a cup of coffee with her, and it was so beautiful and so uncomplicated. And we just laughed together as if we've known each other our whole lives. It was so lovely. So, Christina, welcome to the Blossomed Homemaker podcast as my very first guest. Can you give us a little introduction of yourself as well? Yes, thank you, Ellie, so much. I am so excited to be here on your podcast today. And I have to just say, as much as you say I've been an inspiration and a mentor for you, it is equally reversed. You have been such a mentor and a pillar of strength for me in my life and most definitely 100% a God kingdom friendship. You have been sent to me and you've kept me in my lane and on the right path in so many different ways. And when we met in Joburg, I, I yes, I felt like I knew you forever. Like, thank you so much for saying the positive things you've said and for doing this journey with me and having me on your podcast. And I'm so proud of you for what you've built and um, how you continue to blossom and grow as an entrepreneur, content creator, and a homemaker. It's so inspiring for me. So thank you so much. I'm really honored. Um, And I think your question was, how am I? (laughs) I can't even remember. (laughs) To introduce yourself. (laughs) Introduce myself. Okay. So Yes. <laughs> I am Christina. I, I have a website, christinamezarek.co.za. And I basically, how do, what do I say? What do I call myself? I feel like I wear so many different hats. Um, first and foremost, I am a mama to two little boys in Cape Town, South Africa. I hail from America. And my passion in life is bringing specifically women in our community together through honest sharing. I am very passionate about comp- about compassionate, inclusive conversation. So hearing people's stories and through fielding their journeys and their experiences, um, learning how to view life differently and and enter our lives and our interactions in a more empathic way. 
um, so that we can rise together. That's really my passion. So my website will say that I'm a speaker, writer, and a storyteller, but I feel like there's not really an easy way to talk about all the different things I do. Um, so on the one hand, you might consider me to be a bit all over the place. And on the other hand, you might consider me to be just a jack of all trades and a master of none. Um, so it depends on how you look at it, but I'm passionate about a variety of things, mainly uplifting female communities to be the most. Yes. And that's how we definitely connected. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I have a couple of questions for you that we can let our listeners get to know you a little better and we can just share our hearts over here. So the first question that I have for you is if you can please share with the ladies listening how pursuing your calling and your passion projects has made you a different person and has also helped you on your journey. Yes, absolutely. Um, so how has pursuing my passion made me a different person and helped me on my journey? I think to start off with, I, in the last few years, have been through a journey of healing and personal development and transformation, just as you said. Um, I would, uh, you know, it's difficult in these types of things to find a starting point because when you get to the end there at side of healing, you realize that it was a journey that began at the very beginning. But I'll start with doing a vision board workshop. At the end of 2018, I was invited to do a vision board by Sonia McKayser, who is also on my podcast, and I've introduced you to her as well. She is absolute queen, total power and inspiration. Um, I got to go to her workshop, which is guided in such a strategic, powerful way of allowing you the space to be... 100% honest with yourself about the life that you endeavor to live. And when she, when I experienced that opportunity, what unfolded in front of me was a beautiful vision board full of all that I aspire in my life. Quite simple things, actually. Um, health, happiness, family, community, nature, and the emotions that came in the wake of seeing what I valued were also quite surprising, um, but it became the catalyst for my opportunity to heal. And the emotions were very negative. They were shame and unworthiness and insecurity and fear. And that for me was a really big eye-opener for realizing that I wasn't allowing myself to pursue what I defined as happiness. I had been living in a way that was defined by what other people find to be happiness. And I didn't know what my values were and I didn't know what was important to me. So in order to answer your question about how has pursuing my passion changed who I am, it started with, first of all, identifying what my passions are and, you know, knowing that what in your life puts you on a journey of personal responsibility and accountability. So it can be a bit intimidating at first, but then you have this opportunity to flourish and to blossom and also to know what doesn't belong anymore, what to let go of. And that, you know, when you pursue your passion, you you become so aware of who you are and what's important to you that regardless of what arena you enter, what conversation you 
enter. You can be true to yourself and still be content when you disappoint other people because you know what's important in your heart. So pursuing my passion on the daily holds me accountable for showing up for me. Hundred percent. And I think that, you know, it's also a God given calling when it's something that has been so strongly placed on your heart to do. And when you share it, it brings you this this like inner joy. And that's what I have found as well with, you know, the blogging and with, you know, also with podcasting and talking to other women and connecting my heart to theirs. It's 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 honestly just it's as if it's blessed you know and you just have this feeling in your heart like what you're doing you just know that it's it's the right thing absolutely that's exactly what it is and even when it becomes difficult or you have setbacks or you try you show up and you you know pursue your passion and you have a moment of failure you don't worry because you know that you're following what's true to your heart and and that's when it's a god calling And it's not to say that you're never going to have negative moments or challenging moments. It's just to say that it makes sense and it's worth it. Exactly. And to learn through those failures and to grow through those failures um, and the difficult times, because not everything is always going to be sunshine and rainbows. And even with with sharing our hearts, you're always going to have the one or two percent who's not going to agree, who's not going to find value. But I have found that when we can focus on the ones that do find value and the ones that do connect as well and have made, you know, if you've made a positive impact in their lives, then I feel like it's worth it. And it's to it's to focus on on those ones, those ladies and and women and moms who you know, can resonate with you and can, you know, we can all, like you say, rise together because I mean, that's why we do this is because we are a community of women and moms and we're all pursuing our, our dreams and our passions. And, um, we're all just here to uplift one another and encourage one another. I mean, with you, you have given me so much inspiration ever since I met you. Like I said, you have, changed my life so drastically in a way of focusing on my own personal development and my own personal story and just healing from that and really allowing myself to to do that. And through that, I opened so many more doors for myself to grow. And when I found times of failure, I just... I was able to ask myself, what value can I find out of this? How can I grow and how can I move forward? So, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, thank you so much for saying that. And like I said, it is absolutely the opposite for me. It's true, reversed. You have been such an inspiration for me and um, a godsend for me in my life as well. And what you say is so true is that when you know what's important to you and what path you're on and what you need to do to get there. Um, When you understand your heart, you can live wholeheartedly, which means that even though there will be difficult moments, you're able to continue along your road and step over the difficulties. That's hundred percent. Okay. So I have another question and that is, um, yeah, one thing that you always say um, is that, 
becoming a mother has given you a second chance to parenting yourself. And I, I absolutely love that. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that and how this approach has positively impacted motherhood and parenting for you? Yes, absolutely. So I knew my whole life growing up, I would, I had no doubt in my mind about becoming a mother. I always wanted to get married, have a family and, and have, you know, be a mother to children, to love and to nurture. Um, and when I became a mother, that love that you experience for the first time, well, for me, it was the first time it felt like it was, it was an, it catapulted me into an existential crisis, having my children having my first child, I'll never forget. I called it postnatal depression and I took medication for it and I have no regrets because I needed to be stabilized in that season. But I felt really unglued and really unwired. I felt so connected to my baby. Don't get me wrong. I didn't have any terrible thoughts. I just had this huge fear of the love being taken away. I felt, I think, a good way to describe it is I felt a major threat of disconnection um, because I loved my husband and my child so much. And I was so grateful for my family and what had become my life that it made me realize I, I'm experiencing that in that moment because I had never really experienced it before. Um because when I was younger, I was adopted at the age of 10 years old. I um, grew up actually in quite a very a poor, dysfunctional home where my dad was in the military and my mom was um, a stay-at-home mom, but she had a mental illness undiagnosed. And to cope with her mental illness, she resorted to terrible coping mechanisms, drugs, alcohol, gang-related um, activities. And my family became so dysfunctional that my parents got a divorce separated. And a few years after that, two of us four kids were given up for adoption. So when I was 10 years old, um, just after my 10th birthday, my dad drove me to a foster home and dropped me off and I never saw him again. And then I was adopted quite quickly by a family and um, was then put into an environment that was very different to the one I was raised in. And for that, I'm so grateful. I mean, it was um, an absolute saving grace, of course. The the narrative of my life would have been unfolded very differently had I not been saved in a way. Um, but what happened was going from an, a childhood where I was very unregulated. I didn't have good emotional, mental, psychological, or spiritual support. Then I was adopted and put into an environment where those things were sort of just expected. So instead of the adaptation happening organically and naturally, I molded myself into a person that would fit in. But on the inside, I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. I felt very disconnected from anyone. And that realization came for me when I had my own children and became a mother and experienced that connective love for the first time. And it questioned my spirituality, my belief system, um, you know, all the higher level conversations that happen in this world, I started to begin to assess and analyze where I stand on all different conversational spectrums. And it was an identity crisis, essentially. Um, and then when my children, my baby, 
So when they be, so I entered this identity crisis, existential crisis sort of thing where I was like, who am I? Where do I come from? Let me figure this all out. Um, then when my baby, so the two to three years later, my baby's turning to toddlers. Um, that part did not like loving my baby came so naturally to me, holding them, nurturing them, um, getting them on a sleep schedule and eating schedule. The first year came so naturally to me. I was very tuned in, even though I had this own personal existential crisis going on in the background. By the time they became toddlers though, what I realized was I had, I, I was very triggered by my toddler's behavioral mismanagement. Okay. So as we know, as parents, I mean, I guess some people don't know, you don't really know until you know, um, toddlers can be crazy. They are feral human beings. (laughs) They (laughs) lash out to just put it absolutely accurately. They are crazy and all over the place. They want something and then they don't want something and they can't communicate what they want. And every new emotion they experience is experienced for the first time. So they're building all these neural pathways and they're discovering autonomy. And while this is happening, it for me, it felt so unstable because I had never been given the narrative. No one gave me the brief on how to manage a toddler's emotional dysfunction, emotional behaviors, emotional outbursts. I did not understand this. I thought I was failing. I thought I was doing something wrong. And then of course, you know, being an enlightened educational person who went on my own personal journey of self-identity, I'm like, wait, let me figure this out. How, why is this happening and how does it work? So I solicited the feedback of the experts and I read the books and I got the knowledge. And I, when I did that, when I learned how to essentially be a functional parent, I learned about emotional regulation. I learned about autonomy. I learned about going from co-regulation to self-regulation. I learned about giving my children choices and showing them boundaries and showing them, I love you, but this behavior is not okay, but I'm always going to be here. And when I went through that process of beginning to understand that they are learning how to navigate their emotions, I learned that I needed to relearn how to navigate my own emotions, that in so many instances and circumstances, I would react out of a place of defensiveness or insecurity, or I often felt very abandoned. I often felt very unworthy. And this was obviously rooted in a dysfunctional childhood. So when I learned how to parent my own kids effectively, I was able to take that knowledge and translate it to my own life and say, okay, Christina, you're feeling anxious right now. And this is why you feel anxious. And these are your choices. And you have a choice. You don't have to just react. You get a choice. But these are the things that are not okay or helpful. It's not okay to hurt yourself or others. It's not okay to impulsively react. It That will backfire. That will cause you dysfunction. And like for the healthy, wholehearted, wholesome people listening to this that had great childhoods, it's not going, it might sound crazy or unfamiliar. um, But when you grow up in an environment that's unstable and you have parents with mental illness, you aren't given the blueprint for how to live your life functionally. In fact, you're very unstable. And what happens to most people is the predictable trajectory where you repeat the cycle of instability and or you know the mental illness or the irrational behavior but you also have the opportunity to say to yourself when you know better you do better 
And we can all become empowered to step into our truth by navigating our emotions healthily. And you can do that just by reading a book about how to raise toddlers because it's basic psychology. You have to feel your emotion, you have to give yourself choices, and then you respond and you take personal responsibility for your wellness. Yeah. Because so that's how I reparented. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's incredible. I think you are a phenomenal mom. I mean, we've connected for so long. And I mean, you've even met my girls before. As you know, ladies listening, yes. I'm a twin mom to toddlers as well. And yes, they can bounce off the walls. <laughs> and I had this one friend that um, always said that babies, the manual that babies get born with just dissolves in the placenta. So <laughs> I've never heard that. That's a very good about, way to put like it. Said, it's, it's hilarious that it stuck with me ever since she said that. And it's true because it's, it's so easy to get wrapped in mom judging and parent judging mm. until you yourself go through those phases and you're like, oh, yeah, no, I, I get it now, you know? And yes, it's true. There, there's absolutely no no book that's going to have exactly the same toddler in it because kids are so different. And they're also learning all these emotions for the first time. I remember when my girls were, I think, just under or just over a year and there was a moth on the windowsill and they were like this moth was just an incredible thing for them. And to me as an adult, I'm like, it's just a moth. But to them, <laughs> it's their first time they're seeing a moth and experiencing something. And it's a huge deal. And I think it's the same with their emotions. Every time they're faced with a new emotion, it's it's the first time they're experiencing that. And like you said, you know, who's the adult in the room? Who Who's mm. the one who can actually navigate and, and teach them these emotions and say what you're experiencing right now is anger or sadness or you're excited right now, you know, and guiding them through those emotions. And in the same way, basically grounding ourselves and reparenting ourselves. And I think that that is why um, your statements just it, it was so strong for me because I see it with me and my and parenting my girls as well. I'm <laughs> I'm still learning each emotion alongside them as well from all over again from the beginning because yeah, it's true that I mean you sharing your story over here. Um, thank you so much for doing that. And I know that, you know, that must have given you so much trauma and transition to have worked through and you know, being young and all these these changes that happen, there's no, sometimes we feel like we only revisit these things when we're adults. And mm. like you said, especially when we become parents ourselves. Um, I always tell my husband that, you know, because I know that you and I, we both connected on our stories of being adopted. Um, although they are very different, mm. I still tell him that, my motivation when it comes to parenting is to be the mom because I'm the mom, he's the dad. So I say to be the mom that I would have wanted in this or that situation. So if say, for example, all those emotions arise, like how I would have wanted 
my mom um, to have reacted in a certain situation or what kind of conversation would I would have loved or, you know, that sort of thing. So it's, it's almost like, like you say, you're reparenting yourself in the same way. And it's, it's actually, it's, it's healing. I'm telling you, it's, it's just actually incredible. Um, so yeah, it is very healing because when you have the opportunity to change the cycle or to do it differently, you become empowered to change the narrative. And then you're not defined by the one you were given when you were younger, you get to build a new blueprint. That's very true. And I mean, not all of it was dysfunctional for both of us. I mean, Mm -hmm. we both got second chances. Um, So but there's always those those deeper roots that come up when you become a parent yourself. And I think it's different when, you know, with each child, um, especially with I guess with you with different aged kids. Do you find that it's it's a little different? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, both of my children have very different personalities and each of their personalities is a tiny little part of something I recognize in myself. And, you know, in parenting them and in learning the tools on how to do it in a healthy way. And I have to just add that I do not always get this right. In fact, 90% of the time I still get it wrong the first time. But what I have learned is to give myself and my children the grace of, you know, having the virtue of forgiveness and honest conversation and apology. And that is so humbling and, and, and so uplifting for them as well to see that we're not perfect human beings, but we can have ownership for our emotions and our reactions and we still love each other and we still respect each other. Um, but that being said, like, you know, recognizing the different characteristics of my children's personalities, it gives me that opportunity to find, you know, when I see them behave a certain way and how it triggers me and how I see that, like from the outsider's perspective, looking in how that behavior is unacceptable in a certain way, like, you know, being overly sensitive or being overly insensitive, I learn to translate that observation into other situations in my life where I'm that emotion or on the receiving end of that emotion. So when you parent your children and you really pay attention, you get the opportunity to see that we all just need to be a lot more graceful with each other in life um, because we're all doing the best we can with what we know, because that's essentially what a toddler is going through. They are doing the best they can with what they know. Um, Yeah. In that given situation. Exactly. so yeah, I think that answers that question. Yeah. Did I answer your question? Okay, so could you <laughs> Yes, yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we have another question over here. Um, could you please share with our listeners two lessons that you've learned through your life's journey? Yes. Okay, so I have so many. I might want to give three, but okay, so I'm gonna give two. Um The very first one is to identify what is important to you. And and this is the the thing that you recognize when you parent little kids is you learn about their autonomy. Um, So in your own life, when you're navigating the workplace or your family life or your entrepreneurial interests or just hobbies, it's so important to recognize 
what you value and what's important to you. Um, not in a narcissistic way. I think that word is so overused and there's such a difference between self-love and narcissism. So we're talking about self-love here. We're talking about being graceful with ourselves. We're talking about the fact that we are all children of God and that he knows our hearts and that we know our virtues and we know what's important to us and what our purpose is. So if you don't know those things, if you find yourself in a situation where you're constantly feeling all unglued or insecure because you've disappointed people constantly, then you need to ask yourself, like, why do you constantly feel upset by disappointing people? What, why is that bothering you? And you have to understand what your value system is. So when you know what your purpose is and what path you're on and what, what's important to you and what your value system is, you can go into any conversation and speak your truth with with absolute integrity and conviction and still have empathy for fielding the other person's view. And you'll be able to leave the conversation saying, and this is also so overused, I agree to disagree. It means you can rightfully say, I respect the authority for you to have an opinion. My opinion is different. I still love you. I'm still connected to you because we're all connected. But my value system is different. So, you know, if you, you've spoken about this on your podcast, um, the topic of gossip, when, you know, you have some girlfriends who you love and adore engaging in a toxic activity, and we can all be guilty of it sometimes, even when we have the best interest at heart, but it's to break someone down in conversation is not only going to be absolutely toxic in the spiritual realm for that person because now you've formed a narrative in people's minds about someone when that that's not true and it's not right. You've also dampened your own spirit. Um, so if you find in your heart that it's important to you to not gossip, you get to go to a conversation where someone else is gossiping and just say, um, I'm not I'm, I, I don't do that. I'm not having this conversation. And you also don't get upset about having let that person down. So I used to be the person that didn't want to gossip, but also didn't want to offend the person that wanted to gossip. So I was constantly disappointed <laughs> because I was determined by what other people's opinions were and what other people's values were instead of knowing what my own were. Because if you don't know what your values are, you're determined by everyone else's opinion of you instead of your own integrity. So you really have to build that internal compass of knowing that you're standing in your light and in your truth and that it's okay if people disagree. Um, So the number one is to know your values. The number two answer is to set boundaries for yourself. If you know that you're going to be triggered by something, if you know that someone's going to engage in conversation or behavior or acts that don't align with your values and won't bring out the best in you, you have to put boundaries in place. I mean, it can be examples ranging from turning your phone off before dinner time and not turning it on again until after breakfast time. And it, it can go all the way to like screening the type of content that you're consuming on social media or on Netflix, or on the radio station. We all get to determine what goes in and what goes out. And you can't ever 
say that someone made you do something. You are responsible for your own words and actions. You also get the opportunity to apologize when you recognize from the perspective of your own integrity that you have done something that goes against your value system. So we have to be so clear on what's important to us and how to set boundaries to uphold our compass. I love that. I feel like that is just, it's so beautiful and it's, it's so true. And I mean, even God's word says that gossip betrays a confidence, um, I think in Proverbs 11 and it's very true. Um, you know, there is a time and place for, for venting. Um, I don't think, like I said in my podcast episode that you have, you can have that one person, be it your husband or like a family member, your best friend, but not to everybody. Like you're allowed to vent in concern um, or I don't know if, you know, but I just, I feel like you're like you were saying that if you engage in, you know, breaking other people down or other women or other moms, what, what gives you that right? Um, so I, I love that. And yes, staying true to, to who you are and your values and your beliefs and, um, and being able to say, like you said, to, to agree, to disagree, it's not always easy, but it's, it's so important. And, I mean, throughout my life, I can probably say right now that I have, I think, people that I can <clears throat> really trust and, you know, that you want to be surrounded with on one hand, and that hand will probably not even be full because you, mm. you know, would rather have one or two really, really good friends or people that you can surround yourself with that you know is going to uplift you and and be there for you and really be forward and straight and honest with you than what you surround yourself with so many people and no one really has the same kind of um, you know, outlook as you like they're you go visit them, but they're gossiping and they're doing everything that you don't want to be or don't want to do. And somehow it's like you find yourself back in that bad routine or you just mm. sit there and you're not happy. So to and rather remove yourself from that. Yeah. And that's where boundaries come in is you might have a value that you always prioritize spending quality time with family and your friends. And you might have someone dear to your heart that you want to spend quality time with. But unfortunately, there's a contradiction there because when you spend time with that person and you go and have a cup of tea, the automatic conversation that they resort to is gossip. And that's when you have a conflicting situation going on in your value system. And you can still preserve your value system by putting boundaries in place. So you can say, like, I know when that person is at this time of the day, <laughs> their their mind starts spinning and whatever. And like, or you go there and you say, the boundary is that I'm staying for 30 minutes. I'm having one cup of tea and I'm going to put a conversation starter out there so that we stay on point. Um, so you're not saying like, I'm taking away the connection with this person. You're still saying you're a child of God and God knows your heart and your heart's in a good place, but your behavior is disagreeing with my value system. I love you. I want to support you. I want to be with you, but I'm not engaging in that type of behavior. Hmm. So it's just like saying to our children, like, of course you get to pick out your own clothes, but you don't get to take out your entire wardrobe in the morning and dump it on the floor. Mommy will give you three options and you get to choose. 
that's the boundary. And if you don't like it, well, you can take some time to calm down for a minute. I'll be back in two minutes and we can talk about it. But you cannot take your entire wardrobe out in the morning because then mommy has to repack it all away and mommy has to work when you go to preschool or we want to go to the playground. You know, there's a natural consequence. So we get to apply those those rules of life, so to say, to our children. And they sound so simple to raise healthy children. You have to have a routine. You have to have boundaries. You have to have consequences. It's so easy to take that knowledge and translate it to your own life. To your own life. But so many of us don't because we're (laughs) riddled with the toxic situation of too much choice and too much pleasing. So that's why my top two pieces of advice for people on living a whole healthy, stable life is knowing your values and putting in boundaries to preserve them. Yeah, I love that 100%. So Christina, how can our listeners connect with you and find you? Okay, cool. Yes. So I have a website called christinamazarek.co.za. And on that page, I field in my blog post. Um, When I have something on my heart that I want to share, it goes on my blog. I also have a podcast called The Honest Hour Podcast. It's on Spotify, Apple, and all the other listening platforms. It also links through to my website. And I'm on Instagram and my personal name, Christina Mazarek, as well as on my podcast Instagram account, The Honest Hour Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I am sure there are going to be so many other women who are going to connect with you as well. So thank you so much for chatting with me today. And it was really, really lovely to hear your heart. And I know, yeah, like I said, so many women are going to find value in what you have to offer as you continue to shine your light. Um, So ladies, if you haven't yet, reach out and give Christina a follow on Instagram. Send her a message and just say that you listen to this podcast. And yeah, and then also you can go find her on all her other platforms. I'm going to leave links down in the description box um, so that all of you can go and find her easily. And as always, ladies, I want to remind you, each and every one of you, that you are so worthy, so beautiful, so loved, and so enough.